Me right now, we are at 41, and joining us now from somewhere near Heartland, Minnesota, my good friend, Mr. Albat. Hey, Al, are things melted over there yet? Um, it, it's getting there. I still look out in my yard, and it's there's a lot of uh, white snow banks out there yet, but it's getting uh, less all the time, and I, I hope it's uh, kind of a general thing yet for folks so that uh, that flood is kept to a minimum. And well, two weeks ago, a friend of mine from the Master Gardener brought in some daffodils of hers that were already blooming in her yard, which means she must have like a little microclimate somewhere where it gets a little warmer. And I have seen my tulips coming up. My daffodils are coming up. They're not blooming yet, but it's good to see some grass again. And and so uh, also a lot of the birds are, are back again. And the squirrels, of course, too, that are looking to eat my tulips as they come up. I'll have to do a walk and check for finding a dandelion plant here. So that's kind of always spring is looking for a dandelion, not a flower yet, but a plant. Mm -hmm. The old thing, spring has sprung, the grasses riz. I wonder where the birdies is. (laughs) And they are here. So we're having a lot of birds. So every day brings something new. And it's just I'm watching a song sparrow out my window as I speak here. A little song sparrow, beautiful little bird like us wearing camel. So it kind of blends right in with the dead leaves and things out there. So it's, which is just one of my favorite birds. But I, I say that about about every bird, I guess. Um, we received a nice postcard from John in New Alm, who said in uh, in the past there were bird postcard stamps, but now it's seashells. On March 29th, there'll be the new fish coral stamps for postcards. They look good. Saw them on the website. I'm tired of the seashell ones. We'll get a sheet of the 20 of the new ones. And thanks, John. Boy, I am a postcard guy because nothing says loving like a postcard, so I appreciate that. Uh, Hal Borland, uh, one of my favorite writers, wrote for the Audubon magazine for uh, all during my formative years. He wrote for that, and I would go to the school library and, and read him. I uh, was um, a small kid when I started, so I didn't always understand everything he was writing about. But uh, I, after a while, I did, and I really, uh, really enjoy him. And he wrote, no winter lasts forever, no spring skips its turn. So I'm glad spring is not skipping its turn again this year. The Farmer's Almanac says our spring will be chilly and showery. But again this morning, the smell of spring is in the air, compliments of a skunk. It just uh, it, That is spring, smelling that skunk. I'm listening to killdeer crying out their names. Uh, there are grackles galore. I once played the part of a mayor of a make-believe city named Grackle Junction, so it's left me with kind of a soft spot for the birds. Uh, Greg Barge called a little bit ago. Greg is from Geneva. And he told me of the many eagles on Geneva Lake. And only food could cause that many bald eagles to congregate like that. They enjoy a fish buffet. And I ran over and looked at them. It was pretty cool to see. They were quite a ways out. I needed a scope to really get a good look. Binoculars work pretty well, but I used a scope to really get a nice look. 
I saw a tiny black fleck sprinkled in the melting snow around the base of a tree, and those are springtails, but we call them snow fleas, and I've seen a lot of them this year. Chipmunks, I have chipmunks chasing one another in the yard, and they're doing that chipping that chipmunks do. Uh, Chipmunks hibernate, but they don't go into deep hibernation. Some of them call it a winter sleep. Uh, Ground squirrels go into deep hibernations. Chipmunks do not. Chipmunks rely on food that they've cached in their burrows. And it's good to see the little animals in the spring, but some individuals become active on warm summer winter days, so we might see them then. I heard wild turkeys gobbling, and I saw a red-tailed hawk carrying nesting material Uh, This raptor's nest is a tall pile of sticks. Uh, Matthew Kenny, uh, uh, Matthew lives down in uh, Algona, and he uh, said he had a hunch yesterday. He found a pair of pine siskins quietly chittering between themselves in a big pine at the entrance of Call State Park. And he just saw today a male was performing its singing butterfly flight circles around a female in Riverview Cemetery in Algona. And, um, yeah, I visit Riverview Cemetery in Algona pretty regularly. Uh, Matthew said it seems that there may be a number of pairs hanging around to nest this year. It's a fun challenge to locate the nest out towards the end of an evergreen branch. They will nest semi-colonially, colonially, that's easy for me to say, with a handful of couples utilizing the same general area. Hopefully they no longer have to suffer snowy bank backs while on their nests. Uh, Matthew said yesterday he saw 48 eagles in an hour and also great duck flocks, red-tailed hawks, and his first killdeer of the season and the neighborhood Cooper's Hawks were hunting and barking at each other. Uh, Rodney Wayne of Allendale uh, reported many bald eagles on Geneva Lake. Tom Wensler of Albert Lee said he watched a squirrel eating a plastic bag uh, and wondered why and if it was mm. good for the squirrel. No, it, it can't. We, we read a lot about birds and fish and whales and sharks eating plastic and as sooner or later it does them in so it can't be good for this squirrel why is it eating it i'm guessing there would have been something in that bag that maybe had uh, stuck to the plastic uh, melted into it at one time doritos I'm, I'm sure it was yeah, doritos because yeah. <laughs> kind of like my kid yeah. likes to lick the bag after the doritos are gone so maybe oh. <laughs> i you know on the other morning i uh I had Captain Crunch with, but there wasn't, the Captain Crunch part was pretty gone, so it was Captain Crunch dust <laughs> in the oh, bottom yuck. of the bowl. <laughs> so it was, it was different. I, uh, it tasted fine, but it's just uh, odd. Sugar so, always tastes fine, Al. That's pretty much probably yeah, what was left. I guess, <laughs> I guess that's true, yeah. But it, it's another reason for us not to discard plastic bags anywhere there's there's no reason to do that uh, there's places that we can recycle them and <clears throat> are just there's just no reason to to do that so it's not good for for not only birds and fish but also squirrels and humans
Hey, I uh, wanted to let you know, I just got a note from on the, the text here from, uh, let's see. Well, I'm going to find it here. It says, hi, Karen. The Decorah Eagles web pages say they will be on Hatch Watch starting this weekend. It's from Rich Rich in Mankato. So cool. We'll have to watch that. I love watching those Decorah Eagles on the, the Eagle cam there. And, and they're going to be hatching pretty soon. And it's always fun to see how those little buggers grow because it's, it's just amazing how they go from these little floppy little things to pretty strong and they, st they always act like babies for the longest time, even though they look like they should be able to be on their own. And they're uh, babies once they get out of the nest for quite a while, too. Uh, they just want to keep returning home and saying, Mom, Dad, hi. Uh, you know, things aren't going very well. I, <laughs> I need some food. And so they will follow Mom and Dad around. And, and, and a lot of us have done that. So we understand how that works. Yeah. But thanks, Rich, very much. Yeah, I, I love that Decor Eagle cam. It's it's a soap opera kind of thing. It is. And it, it's heartwarming, and it's a, a very informative and educational. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Ron Refsnyder said, on the first day of spring... In his yards, he saw American robins, red-winged blackbirds, common red poles, and pine siskins. He said it was an interesting mix of the seasons. Tom Belshin of Glenville sent me a photo of a couple trumpeter swans that uh, nest near the Shell Rock River. Harlan Thompson of Albert Lee said uh, many robins in his crabapple tree on March 20th. Dwayne Vanderplug of Clarks Grove said, I have no raccoons. He lives out on a farm place, and he was wondering what's up with that. Uh, it's just good luck on your part, Dwayne. Uh, raccoons search for food and shelter, and, of course, this time uh, the, the year they're looking for that special someone. So, Dwayne, they will show up. They're just, uh, I don't know why they aren't there, but uh, trust me, you will get them. Uh, Peter Madsen. Uh, Peter's from Austin. He said a golden eagle in the northwestern part of Mauer County. He said as it happened, a mature bald eagle was flying nearby and just a little higher than the golden. So I had them both in the binoculars at the same time. The golden had a wide white band at the base of the tail, white areas in the wings, and I could see the gold on the head and the leading edge of the wings when it turned into the sun. Those eagles were pretty low maybe two or three times treetop high. Also, since I could see both eagles, I could see that the golden's head and bill were smaller, and the overall sizes of the two birds were similar. There were a lot of raptors out there today. It was a lucky time to take a walk. Yeah, they are the... I know there's things on the Internet that say golden eagles are mammoths, but uh, they're about the same size, the two. Uh, Nels Thompson out by Hope. I saw a great blue heron in Steele County on March 21st. He said it was uh, perched atop the tallest part of the rookery on Straight River Marsh. And the uh, Straight River Marsh is about 10 miles south of Owatonna. Uh, Paul Peters of Ceylon said wood ducks were checking out the boxes on March 21st. Don Grusing, I uh, heard from Don on March 23rd. He said it is spring. My neighbor's filled green vinyl dumpster tub has risen from the snowbank. And today we <laughs> saw the first hint of blue of the plastic kids' swimming pool that has been in their backyard all winter. 
Meanwhile, a pair of house finches are building a nest in the rapidly browning wreath on the shed in my backyard. So my neighbors will be wondering, what the heck is wrong with me? But I have to leave it up until the young fledge. Finches have been roosting in the wreath all winter long. And Karen, you sent something about uh, uh, things that we can put out for excuse me, nesting materials for birds. Yeah, I saw this on, on my Facebook, and it says some things you should not put out, and I didn't realize some things can be harmful, so I thought it'd be a good thing to share with others who may have heard these, and maybe you can tell me if they're bad or not, or if somebody just says this. Um, so go ahead and, and talk a little bit about that, because I always thought it was good to put out lint and, and things like and strings, but apparently not. Yeah, it the things you used you should provide without much problems or worry would be dead twigs, leaves, uh, dry grass that is chemical-free, feathers, uh, plant fluff or down. I think of cat cattail fluff or cottonwood down, uh, moss, bark strips, pine needles. And the things we shouldn't provide are, of course, plastic strips, tinsel, uh, cellophane, and I know some folks are going to say, well, I see these in the bird nest. Mm-hmm. They will certainly use them, but that we shouldn't give it to them. Uh, aluminum foil, uh, dryer lint, you know, animal fur or hair that has been exposed to uh, flea or tick treatments. Uh, yarn, we used to always say if you put out little short bits of yarn, it's a, it works pretty well. And I know a lot of folks still do that, but if you do, you want to make them really, really short. Uh, felt, bits of cloth. Uh, you should not use dryer lint. It's Lint is stripped, torn fibers, has no structure of its own, and because of this, it falls apart easily and will not hold up to the actions of growing nestlings or adult birds moving around in the nest. The other thing it and said that, about the lint was that sometimes if you use dryer sheets, you have that those um, chemicals and things from the, the, the smells, like the, the dryer... Um, you bet. Things I, uh, yeah, I don't use them, so I mean, but I didn't realize it wasn't okay. We use our lint to make fire starters. Uh, you take and you egg cartons and you put the lint, in, pack the lint in tight, and then you pour melted wax on it. And those are excellent to start fires, by the way. Just a oh, side. Oh, I bet they would be. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, the chemicals, it depends some, of course, on the detergents, the fabric softeners, right. the dryer sheets, and all these things that you use. But they can contain perfume, soap residue, artificial dyes, and none of those would be good. The lint, when it dries, wet lint, it becomes brittle, and a nest made of dryer lint will disintegrate pretty quickly. And the smell, uh, we love that fresh scent of warm, dried laundry. It's just one of the, I love... My mom would put everything on the clothesline outside, and I'd go out. I wanted to go out and take it all <laughs> off the line because I just loved that smell. It just—it was a wonderful, wonderful smell. And many birds don't have the strong sense of smell, so they wouldn't mind the odor. But some—I read a study, and I'm sorry I can't remember where—that they said that these smells sometimes attract predators. Oh. Which I need to look into more because I'm not sure why they would be attracted to that smell. But I guess. But uh, lint will also get dust in it, and uh, which is just not good to have around. When it gets wet, it could get moldy. 
which is a, a terrible thing. And how do you provide nesting materials? You can just pile it on the ground, you know, leaves and twigs. That works well. I just, or you can put them in those clear wire mesh like suet cages. Uh, you can put them on fence posts or railings. Uh, you can put them in uh, berry baskets, uh, spiral wire hangers made for. There's some that are especially made for putting out nesting material. So there's many ways to do it. Uh, the Raptor Center is a, a wonderful place, and they had an uncommon raptor in the Twin Cities metro area that they've recently seen a few of in their clinic, and they're, they're long-eared owls. These are medium-sized owls. They have large feathered tufts on their heads, like great horned owls, and they're called plumicorns. And the word plumicorn comes from uh, Latin words, one meaning uh, pluma, meaning uh, small, soft feather. And then I believe it was cornu, which means horns. Uh, Hawk Ridge, I heard from John Richardson, and he's the head counter at the Hawk Ridge Bird Observatory Spring Count, which they do at a couple places, not right at Hawk Ridge, but right near Hawk Ridge. On March 21st, they set a new North American record. The uh, counters at Hawk Ridge counted 1,076 bald eagles in one day. And the old record was back from March 24, 2004, of 822. Uh, Millie Wesson of Hayward said she puts out, uh, is going to put out mealworms for the bluebirds, and she wonders what else would eat the mealworms. Uh, I said, with a little soy sauce, man, they'd be good. I bet. Uh, they just look like they'd be good eating. A mealworm is the larva of the, there's a beetle, uh, some kind of molitor beetle, and that's what they are, the larva. And that larval stage lasts about 10 weeks. And what birds eat mealworms? Oh, gosh, besides bluebirds, chickadees, nuthatches, Folks that are listening that have tit mice, they will eat them. Wrens, orioles, robins, woodpeckers, and some of our warblers. I know every year somebody I hear from that has a pine warbler eating those. Uh, Cindy Drill of North Mankato said last year I had a robin that was a frequent visitor here. What made it distinctive was that it had some kind of growth or tumor on the back of its neck. I assumed it was going to end up dying from something related to the growth, but it stayed most of the summer, and the growth then was almost always bare. Tonight I saw my robin again, and it apparently is doing well. The growth is covered in feathers at this point, but still very obvious. Hooray survival. On a spring note, I saw my first turkey vulture over the Minnesota River yesterday on my way home from work. And I've been looking at the skies here, Cindy, and I, I've not seen one. And I, I've expected to see one by now, and it's just not working out. But I, I love turkey vultures, and I really enjoy seeing them. Uh, Mark Christensen said, This winter I saw something that you mentioned. Many times I prefer to sit in our vehicle and read or watch people as my wife goes for necessities in the mall. It might have been a murmuration. There must have been two to 300 birds swirling. 
none of them knocked into each other. It was like a beautiful orchestrated and directed performance for my benefit. The choreography was brilliant. I would have paid money to see this, but it was free. And, Mark, those were indeed starlings, the way it sounds. Uh, Brian Weller of Waseca said he saw some sandhill cranes. I'd like to uh, want this is uh, from Glenn Shirley of Farmington, said I'd like to invite everybody to the Bluebird Recovery Program of Minnesota Annual Expo on April 6th at Cannon Falls High School. There'll be... Uh, speakers on how to increase the number of bluebirds you get, uh, somebody uh, talking about Lyme disease, uh, bluebird monitoring made simple, and in addition, Jim Gilbert uh, from WCCO Nature Notes, and Al Bat from KMSU oh. will return with their <laughs> presentation. So if you'd like more information, it's BBRP, bluebirdrecoveryprogram.org, and it's always a fun, fun thing to be at. In a uh, uh, extremely sad note, I, I lost uh, 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 one of my best friends, uh, and he was a lot of people's best friends. And he was the best friend of birds that I've ever known. Uh, Bill Thompson III passed away last night from pancreatic cancer. Uh, Bill and I have been friends for a long time. He is the editor, or was the editor in going to take a while to get used to saying was instead of is. He was the editor and publisher of Bird Watchers Digest. And he lived in Whipple, Ohio, and I talked to his mom yesterday. She had called and she we just uh, we both cried, you know. I can't I, I can't listen to a woman crying without crying. It's just oh. one of those things. And so Elsa and I cried together. And I uh, got a note from uh, Bill, and then I saw a thing on Caring Bridge from him saying that he was hoping to hang in to see the May migration, and, and I was hoping he would, too. It did not work out that way. But I am um, blessed by having known Bill, and uh, I will think of him uh, often. He's just a, just a grand fella, and we had birded. Oh, my goodness, I don't know, Mexico, uh, Germany, Hungary, Netherlands, Austria. We birded a lot of places together, and uh, just uh, he's one of those guys that you just look forward to seeing every morning when you're at those places because you knew he had a smile, and he had a lot of records. Do we still call them records, Karen? Is that what? LPs, albums, I guess. Albums. Yeah, he... He he was a wonderful singer, guitar player, songwriter, and his group was called the Rain Crows. Hmm, and like uh, just a very talented fella, so I, I, I will certainly miss Bill. And he's, uh, he, yeah, I, well, I don't have, I don't know what else to say. Um, I Somebody asked, how can I tell a male robin from a female? So seeing a lot of them and just was wondering how, that could tell a difference, and it can be really difficult to tell male and female American robins apart, but they say, I remember when I took an ornithology class, they said the males are a little bit bigger than the female. So the other day I was out here and I was just looking at them, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't know if it would be pretty difficult, I think, to tell the difference in the size it, I, it'd just be really hard well if they're not but next they may, to each other especially I mean if they're standing next to each other you probably could but alone it might be kind of tough 
Yeah, or if they got on a scale. Yeah. You know, he can say, yeah, you must be a male there. Or either that or you need to lose a little weight. <laughs> um, the males are slightly darker in color. I think that's the easiest way to do it. And the young robins, of course, have dark spots on their breasts, so we can tell them. Uh, robins are considered harbingers of spring, but, you know, many robins spend winter in their breeding range. So we have them all year here. Uh, we get the new ones, and, my again, my mom always said they need three snows on their tail before it's truly spring. So uh, it's, I remember last year I was working in Oklahoma out near the Panhandle in Woodward, Oklahoma, speaking at some things when a, those terrible fires were out there and burned hundreds of thousands of acres, uh, cattle, houses, and I was right in the middle of that at the hotel I was staying in. I was uh, the bigger share of the people in that hotel were folks that had to leave their houses, their ranch houses, and come there. And I left there and drove home, and I'm listening to a book on tape. And that's what I like to do in the car. It just it makes traveling easier when you're coming from a long way. And I'm listening to that book on tape, and I get somewhere in Iowa, and it starts to snow. And I thought, wow. This is, we're well into April. This won't last much. It got worse and worse and worse and worse. And somewhere between Des Moines and in Mason City, it turned into a full-fledged blizzard. And then I drove all the way home in this, and we were just covered up with snow. So uh, we always think, well, robins won't get any snow on their tail. But, uh, boy, we know better. And I remember one year it was... I think May 1st and May 2nd here that we got snow, 18 inches of snow. Oof, don't even and, say that. <laughs> yeah, I'm out shoveling. I got shorts, a T-shirt, and no socks or shoes on, and I'm <laughs> shoveling this blue snow. It was like an iceberg because there was so much moisture in it, and it, it, it went away right away. But it was, it was just one of those things where you, you, you shake your head and say, you know, this... I'm going to pinch myself, and then I'll wake up in this because this can't be really happening in May. And that's when you get calls from all your friends in Arizona and Florida and Texas and places. They're saying, really, 18 inches of snow? You know, why do you live there? We all know why we live here. It's the greatest place on earth to live here. So. Because we like I, the seasons, even though they don't always come when we want them to. <laughs> That's exactly right, and I love winter. I really do. I just, uh, you know, the blizzards I could probably do without. Uh, I, mean, I love some snow, but uh, that's the bad part because it just makes it rough on everybody. You know, I like winter because it actually gives me a break because I love to garden, and if it wasn't for winter, I would never get any rest at all. So that's my reason for liking it. It gives us, uh, you know, the snow days, it gives us time to prune our impatience. Because we just, oh man, I got to get out. I got to do this, and then when you get all that, you just say, I, I can't get out there and do anything. <laughs> so maybe I'll read a book or do something yes. like that that I've been meaning to do. So you're right. I saw some insects flying around, and it, it varies according to the insect, but most become active when their body temperatures hit, oh, 50 to 60 degrees, depending on the insect. But this is the this would be the ambient temperature influenced by sunlight ah, okay. so those two things so we'll we'll see more and more insects i haven't talked to anybody that says boy my house is full of box elder bugs or it's full of uh, 
uh, multicolored Asian lady beetles yet. So, Isn't that usually in the fall, thing. or do they start coming out now in the spring, too? They start coming out now because they, they winter up in a lot of our houses, and then they warm up and say, hey, these people will be happy to see us, and out they come. So, uh, what I want to know is is when the um, slugs will come out, what temperatures does the soil have to be? Because I want to get ahead of the game and put down some iron phosphate, also known as sluggo, before, because last year I just they just decimated my my plants. So I thought, well, if they say if you get them before they actually go through a life cycle, then you can get ahead of the game and not have such problems. So what is the temp of the soil have to be a certain uh, point before they'll actually come out, and then I can start to do something to get rid of them already? Yeah, I would think it's when all the um, the frost comes out of the the ground, okay. and then there's uh, enough green for them to eat. Oh. <laughs> so they're going to have to wait till we got a little bit of greenery. Otherwise, they'll starve to death. I try to say something nice about everything and everyone, <laughs> and, and I find that no problem in general. But slugs, I yeah. have, it's just real hard to say anything really nice about them because uh, they're a challenge for us here, too, in our yards. I hope everybody will come to the cafe today where the food chain is missing a few links. A special is always Heimlich Maneuver and Gravy is considered a beverage. And now featuring authentic leftovers with less hair in the food and real cup holders where grease is good and none of the food smells like feet. Well, hardly any. I'm told that a vehicle's owner's manual has instructions on how to use a turn signal. I'm a man, so I don't read owner's manual. We just think we know that instinctively, what we need to know. But judging by the turn signal usage I see, I don't think many people read owner's manuals. Here in Heartland, (laughs) nobody uses the turn signal in town because we all know where everybody's going to turn. If we see somebody using a turn signal, that's a visitor. we got a tourist right there. So I don't think many people read owner's manual to learn how to use a turn signal. Every automobile on the road moves too fast or too slow for someone else's liking. In a perfect world, everyone could move at their own preferred speed without criticism or danger. And my speed was a perfect one to get me to town and a seat near food. I stopped at the eat around a cafe to be fed and watered. I sat at the table of infinite knowledge where we each take turns having a clue and being completely clueless. The table wobbled a little bit, but not as much as some of those seated around it. It was an information exchange program. I ate a lovely salad, a combination of fruit and vegetables. I added a couple embellishments to the salad so it wasn't just grazing. I strive to find happiness in the little things in life, like protons, neurons, electrons, and croutons. Remember, folks, Heartland is well worth driving past. Thanks for listening. I appreciate hearing from all of you. Uh, Do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. And, Karen, thank you, as always, for your uh, exquisite company. Al, always great to chat with you, and let's hope the the spring continues to to bloom, and uh, next week we'll chat with you then, okay? I look forward to it. All right, bye-bye. Our good friend Albat, always wonderful to talk with him. And thanks for uh, our listeners for weighing in and sending us information and questions as well. We really appreciate it. It is 10.33. Time now for a little update on your weather. Let's see if things are warming up out there. It's supposed to get up to about 54. That's what they're predicting. Right now we're at 43, and things will